0: This is the Pete Wong Podcast, sharing the things that I love with those that I love. I've always wanted to talk about the things that I care about in life. People have told me time after time, why don't you just share more of you? And with that, let's go. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Pete Wong Podcast. How is everyone doing out there in the world? Everyone keeping safe, keeping warm, keeping cool, wherever you're at. I have an excellent guest today, and I am so interested in hearing more about him. And the cool thing is, is that this is the first time we're we're meeting each other. So (laughs) Lee Davey is the founder of 1000 Days of Sober. He's an entrepreneur. He's a podcast host. He's a coach. And can I say... uh, the poker writer is it former yeah. poker writer
1: or former yeah former poker writer since uh November actually I left yeah awesome we never met before
0: and um the only thing I knew about you was just through the podcast and then I started watching some I watched some of the other the other YouTube videos uh, pod, uh podcasts um that you did with with other people and I and I loved it I felt I felt uh i was like i can't wait to get this guy in here i feel like we have a lot of things in common i love just like how transparent you are you know um so but i i'm gonna i'm gonna let you uh you know share uh, about you and and uh and we'll just go from there because uh, i'm just excited and i think you have a fascinating uh very interesting story and uh uh, lots of transformation involved in
1: there, so it's just I mean, awesome to that, have you here. Let's start with let's start with transparency, right? I mean, yeah. What are your views? What are your views on that? Because there is there are, you know, you'll read that uh, right now. I'm reading a book by Esther Perel called "Mating in Captivity," right? About finding eroticism in relationships, you know. And Esther's given out the viewpoint that hey, you know, if you're if you're married to Lee, then Lee is just so transparent. He's such an open book. There's no mystery of about him right so like if there's no mystery about him where's the eroticism is it is it good to know this guy because you know everything about him what else is there to like explore and then there's the other angle that is like um you know transparency can be uh, the key uh, to being vulnerable to fighting your shame and all that kind of stuff like so where, where do you lie on the old uh, transparency axis
0: well y- you know a lot a lot of my last couple of years my transformation and and it was through uh my mentor my best friend orpheus black yeah um, we interviewed right yeah exactly i always wanted to be this person and i always you know i would always like uh, hesitate to say the things that i wanted to say uh believe in the things that i wanted to believe in and so um and that dealt with all, you know also being a man um, you know, in 20, you know, 2000s, you know, 2021 now, um, but there was just so much that I had kept uh, away. And I was, you know, I, I realized that when I took some time, I, was, I realized that I was, I was afraid hmm. of, of lots of things. And, and so, so when I saw other people, when I witnessed other people being in their true nature, whatever that looked like, Hmm. Uh, it was like transparent, like in that sense, transparent, um, where they weren't hiding, they weren't, uh, fearful of, of showing who they are. Um, and also I think because we give that permission, uh, we were in those, I was in those spaces where people gave each other those permission. Like, I want you to be who you are, the very best self of you. And I was like, wow, isn't this what I always wanted? Right. With Orpheus, the, 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 the great thing is that he's, he is such a presence and, and he took me under his wing and he just showed me like, yeah, this is how, this is how it can be. Hmm. But that's really interesting that you bring up, um, you know, the, the duality of, uh, you know, transparency, because There is still mystery about me. (laughs) It's just, (laughs) I love that. That's interesting conversation about that.
1: I mean, I I had this conversation with my wife the other day and me and my wife, we met each other in our mid thirties. So we've already lived a long life, right? Right. You know. So there's so much about each other we don't know. Mm -hmm. But then I come along and I'm telling all my stories. And so it's important for, for our relationship uh, that I'm I'm a person of continual growth so mm-hmm. that the mystery is not necessarily locked in my past, but my mystery is, is being unearthed into how I'm becoming a better version of myself on a day-to-day basis. So it's kind of like, wow, like um, this guy is so sexy and so hot right now. Like I've never been more attracted to him right now. Like what is to come? How good could this guy get? Um, is he really gonna get on top of all these things that really piss me off? So, like the mystery is locked in in future thinking and presence less than like going into the going into the past and being like, Yeah, here's another story. Lee. Like my my wife's never gonna to listen to one of my podcasts, right? She's <laughs> yeah. be like, fuck, here he is talking about his his stories again that I heard a million times. But definitely more mystery on what we're learning and what we're getting into in the future for sure.
0: I love that. I love it when you talk about uh, relationships and, and intimacy and your experience with it, you know, especially uh, uh, the person that you are today. Mm. And, and so recently, um, since coming back to Minnesota, uh, I met somebody and um, uh, I did a podcast with her <laughs> so people know who <laughs> she is. It's just amazing the kind of uh, growth that's happening between us. Hmm. One night we were going through like the different love languages, uh, you know, taking the time and going, you know, uh, what's your, what is your love language? What percentage? Just so like so we could have an idea of what that looked like. And then she coined the term courageous conversations. She, she liked that about me. She liked it that I hmm. um, and I never had heard that that word that um, putting it in those words that way before. And I'm using it so much more. And, uh, it's even a group that I, that I run, uh, with my siblings and, and, and my girlfriend, uh, on Thursday nights, but courageous conversations. And, and I think within that is exactly like what you're talking about with you and your wife. Like there's these everyday moments where you're growing, you're growing with each other. You're growing, you know, you're growing, uh, on your own, but as well together.
1: Yeah. 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 Courageous conversations. I like that. Cause it's, um, It's allowing you to, with a courageous conversation, it's allowing you to dip into vulnerability. Yeah. And whether you know addictions and relationships, you know, they, it's like a peanut and a but, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or mm. fish and chips. If we're back in the UK, right? They just yeah. they just go together. They're inseparable. Even if you're single, you have a you have an unhealthy and toxic relationship with yourself if you're living an addictive life, right? right. Um, you know, and you've got that whole codependent angle as well. Like, you know, how many people in your family and all this are involved. So relationships and addiction for me, they just go together, you know? Mm. Um, so it's really important in order to, to bust this thing and to kind of understand it more is really to learn, you know, like learn to be vulnerable and mm. to, and, and a part of that is going way, 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 way back to when we were kids and just, just, you know two things for me is like one just speaking as you want to speak with no filter yeah um and then secondly asking really good questions or or the question why like my my daughter now she's 4 <laughs> yesterday we uh, there's a there's a there's a guy down the road he's got a bookshelf outside his house hmm. so every now and then we go down there and we get books right oh. so she picked a book yesterday the big fat zombie goldfish <laughs> and i'm like ah, this is not gonna be like this is not gonna be like a zen book for her i should not be <laughs> getting her this book but she loved it we've been reading it and it's just like why why is this fish dead why did they zap him back to life why is it a zombie what is a zombie why 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 and every question every answer i give her is another why mm. Now now think what's happening in that relationship between a four-year-old and a 46-year-old. She's challenging me to come up with the answers to help increase her knowledge. And her question is part of the journey of somebody who wants to grow and expand knowledge. But I also then have to think, oh, what is is the why? What is the answer to this? How do I explain this to a four-year-old? Like, some, some things I might not even know. Like, um, like, you know, I know George A Romero was the guy who did the first zombie movies, but you know, what is a zombie? Is a zombie someone that doesn't have a heart? Is a zombie that doesn't have a brain? What is it about a zombie? Um, and zombies is irrelevant, right? What you're doing is you're training your brain to think Mm. you're training your brain to say, okay, there's more, there's an answer. There's a thread. I need to pull it. Shall I pull it? which is very different to like when I was might in my addiction, which was, I was the zombie, right? Mm. Like I am the thing walking around this planet with no brain, with no heart, with nothing happening other than my gene based learning system, my instincts saying Lee, you need to wake up Lee. You need to go to work Lee. You need to drive home. Lee, you need to tell your wife you love her because you haven't seen her all day. Lee, you need to eat dinner with your family. Lee, you need to watch telly. Lee, you need to read your son, The Hobbit, put him to bed, go to bed, and do the same thing over again. That to me, and we use this, um, we have this assignment called Harry the Hummingbird in the Strive Methods for Addiction, our six-month workshop. I'll tell you a little bit about it if that's okay, right? Of course, yeah. So you take a hummingbird. A hummingbird is a member of a charm. And every September, the black-chinned hummingbird, which is native to Los Angeles, the charm of black-chinned hummingbirds, they migrate to Mexico. They don't know why they migrate to Mexico. It's the gene-based learning system. It's instincts. It's hardwired in them over, I don't know how many years, through uh, Darwinism. And they just, when it comes September, off they go. Now, that is the vast majority of people are in an addictive state, right? They're, they're just kind of going with the flow. Their, mm-hmm. their, their instincts are taking them and 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 it's much more complicated because, you know, we're not hummingbirds, but our mm-hmm. society and our culture and ide- ideology and our worldview is cultivating our beliefs, which is cultivating and creating our personalities, which is then leading us to be instinctual and just go from A to B this way without even thinking about it, right? Right. Now imagine if we got older Harry, stuck him on the surgery table and we gave him a neocortex. Mm -hmm. Now he would have a gene-based learning system, but he would also have a nerve-based learning system. He would start to want to think, to ask questions. He would be like my daughter with this book in her hand. Why, 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 why? And one of the key things about thinking um, and the neocortex is we want to experiment We want to try different things. We want to taste this. We want to fuck that. We want to play with this. We want to fight with that, right? And then through trial and error, we're kind of figuring out what the best way through life is. So if you give Harry a fully conscious brain, send him to Mexico with the charm, and then Harry decides halfway there, actually, I want to go down to that island. I don't want to fuck that really lovely looking hummingbird. What do you think is going to happen? Well, first of all, the charm is going to go crazy, right? Like, what are you doing, Harry? This is the way to Mexico? Nah, I'm, I'm just going to go down to this island and, and I just spotted this beautiful little hummingbird. No, no, Harry, this is the way to Mexico. We are hummingbirds. This is what we do. Now, I'm, I'm going down in this island. Well, if you're going down there, you're not a hummingbird anymore. You're like, you're not part of our charm. Like, we don't want you as part of our group. Like, see you later. What happens to Harry? Harry internally is going... Oh, fuck. What's going on? I really want to go to the island. Island. I really want to try to do something different. My brain's telling me to go there. (gasps) But my brain's also telling me that if I don't go with his charm right now, my life is over. That I am one solitary hummingbird. I'll have no friends. No one will love me. No one will like me and I will die. What do I do? And then this fight happens in their mind. And the way that the brain deals with a fight between a gene-based learning system and the uh, nerve-based learning system, it wants you to choose a side. Mm. Because what, what you're producing now is cognitive dissonance. It doesn't want cognitive dissonance. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you're thinking, like, what's cognitive dissonance? I want to stop drinking, but I don't really want to stop drinking. I want to stop smoking, but I love that fag after sex. Do you mm. really need to stop forever? That That is a cognitive dissonance. And what too many of us did when we were younger, way, way, way before we were prepared to be making these massive decisions, like way before we had all the information that was out there for us to make an informed decision, we had no mentors around us who even had this knowledge to impart upon us. We had this cognitive dissonance and we said, fuck it, we'll go with a charm. We will not go to an island. We will not experiment. We will not... Ask questions, we will not ask why, um, we will not challenge, we will not speak our truth, uh, we will not be transparent, we will just follow the channel, Right? And, you know, that's how you end up drinking too young, drugging too young, fucking too young, messing around in school when you should be getting educated. Like everything that locks you into the matrix happens as a result of a decision you made when you were not really ready to make it.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, I kept on thinking of, I kept on thinking of, yeah, like growing up, um, there were so many moments where I saw myself doing something else, but everything that I knew at that time you know, there was, there was no safety net. There was no, like, if you, if you go this way, you know, it's going to be all right. It was, it was, you know, so therefore let's just follow, let's follow, you know, the crowd or follow everybody else. When you reached out to me, you know, to, to, to do the podcast, I started learning as much as I could on alcohol addiction. And aside from knowing more about you, but I was watching these different documentaries and, and it was very, it was tough. Um, because I didn't, I didn't realize like how, how truly intense it can get. Um, and, and they had like, there was one documentary where they had like different levels, you know, um, the first one was just this girl, uh, you know, she, she'd go to, you know, party every weekend and then all the way to, um, the, the, the third or fourth story where the guy um, was shaking and and he felt like he had a drink to, um, cause they, they mentioned that they mentioned, and I, and I love that they, I had never heard of that, but like, um, the frontal, was it the frontal cortex, I think, frontal um, globe, yeah frontal, and they're saying that it, it eats away at it. I don't know if I have that correct. Um, but I just thought it was fascinating because I didn't know that at some point you can get to a point where even your your uh, value system or even your like, you know, what's right, what's wrong, you know, the thing to help you stop, they're saying it disintegrates. And I, I just felt so grateful that, that, you know, I get this opportunity to, to meet you and and to to learn about what you're doing, because I thought about all the times, even in myself, like I, I'm not a, I, I, I don't drink a lot, but just how natural and how easy it is for me to fall into that narrative of, of society narrative of, Oh, I need a drink to relax or, or, Oh, we're getting together with the friends. Let's drink. Hmm. Right. I started thinking about that. And I'm like, wow, like even that, I have to be careful of what I'm projecting out into the world. What, what kind of message I'm sharing with other people. And I remember one specific Example, And I'm not going to name him because I didn't, I didn't talk to him beforehand, but I have a friend in LA, very close friend. We became uh, best friends uh, through work, given his family's uh, history at the time that I, that we were hanging out, he was beginning to uh, try to cut less drinking Hmm. to the point of where we went out after work one night and everyone at the table was drinking and he was like, I'll have a Coke. And even me was like, you know, Hey, come on, you know, like what's one drink, right? What's wrong with you? Yeah. What's up? And and yeah, exactly. And once I recognize his, 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 uh, his need, his truth, I knew that I had to step up for him. I knew that I had to be like switch it. Like now I assume he's not going to need, you know, he's not going to drink, it. I'll make it a norm that, that, you know, when we go out, like, that's not, that's not a part of, you know, him. Hmm. And it's been, and it's been great, but I had to really think about that. And it's just intense. And I wanted, I actually wanted to talk to you about that, um, hmm. about some of these spaces where it can be so intense, uh, uh, I have close friends here in Minnesota that are Hmong. And there's a lot of tradition about, you know, passing around the, the bottle or passing around, you know, the, the, you know, and then if you didn't, you would get flack.
1: You would get like, you know, yeah, yeah. like that. And so it's, it's just, it's, it's intense. You, you, I mean, you would have done, you would have done a lot of work around ritualizations and with uh, Orpheus, right? Like, yeah. you know, like it's one of the things I wanted him to come on the podcast because society is shown these days of proper rituals. Like we don't have them anymore and they've been replaced by pseudo rituals. So one of the biggest pseudo rituals where I grew up was, um, you know, you need to drink alcohol as in order to, to gravitate from being a boy to a man. Mm. Um, what they, in my experience or my personal experience, what happened when I started drinking is my boyness my immature mask my immature masculine energy the hero like the apex of like boy energy got trapped in this male body so th- i started to grow and become a man but i i was locked as this boy mm. like so it wasn't a ritual to go from boy to a man it was a pseudo ritual it was bullshit like i thought i was turned into a man but i wasn't i was just i was just assigning myself to be a boy in perpetuity. Right. I just didn't Mm want to like, you've, just, there was no way that I was going to grow into being a fully developed man. And, you know, quite recently, one of my wife said to me, like one of the best compliments that I could receive on my, on my journey in the last 12 months, I gave up drinking 10 years ago. In the last 12 months, she said, it finally feels like I'm married to a man. Wow. I'm not married to a boy no more. Right. Imagine that, like you're 45 and there's a little boy in there managing your life. How unattractive is that to, to women? Like, you know, how, how um, detrimental is that to your children, right? So, mm. so we, you know, we had these ritualizations, uh, but they're really pseudo-ritualizations. Uh, the other thing, you know, picking up on what you talked about there is um, one of the biggest reasons that people find it really difficult to drink is peer pressure. Mm-hmm. is what we talked about with Harry breaking away from the charm. So in your example, uh, your friend is Harry. Yeah. And and you remember the charm. Now, now you're more aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You can not ask him, you can not say to him, oh, wow, what's wrong with you all? You know, that type of thing. Or no, you're okay. have a drink. Are you okay? Right? Yeah. You kind of know now, actually, he might be having a hard time right now being the non-drinker and those kind of questions, although designed to help him, like we're coming from a place of, of helping him and aid and inquiry. Like we're concerned generally. We're not trying to like ridicule him. He's going to feel, he could feel shame. It could trigger his shame and and it could trigger him to drink. And then he'll end up on 1000 days sober or strive Mm -hmm. our little community saying, I went out with my friends last night and I wasn't going to drink. And as soon as my friend said to me, what's wrong with you? I felt like so small, I had to have a drink. That happens all the time. So having that understanding is amazing. Going one step even further, when we're like really woke, is I'm going out with Pete tonight. I know Pete doesn't drink. I ain't drinking. Yeah. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I'm not going to say, hey, you know, I'm not going to drink because of you. If he turns around and says to me, are you not drinking because of me? I'm going to say, no, oh, I'm making the decision not to drink. You're not drinking. I just want to be on your level. Because think about this. Me and you right now having a conversation, I'm assuming you, you haven't had a drink. I don't know. You might have, right? Who knows?
0: <laughs> nope.
1: Right. <clears throat> no alcohol. Okay. Yeah. We could probably talk for hours, get really deep, get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really reveal parts of ourselves. We could have fun. We can have a laugh. We can like, emotional as well we might cry whatever right yeah but usually when someone's a podcast host they like talking to people you said you're interested in my transparency likelihood is we'll connect at deep level
0: right
1: Hmm. likelihood is likelihood we all connect on a deep level in these 60 minutes now let's have a pitcher of beer each Mm -hmm. stick our stickers in a pub stick a jukebox on stick a stripper on the table Stick a load of beers and jangly things, like stick a pool table there, etc. Now we've got external stimuli, it's a bit of noise. You can't really hear anything because yeah, music's on, right? But you're feeling a jive. You like music. That's okay. But the more and more we drink, society has woven a story, a compelling story, which tells us and creates a belief system that the more we drink, the connect, more connected we will become. But what in truth will happen is the more we drink, the more disconnected we will become. See, the more I drink, the more self-centered I will become, the more egoic I will become. I will not be listening to you. I won't be hearing you. I will not be present for you. I won't give a fuck what you're saying. I would just be interested in getting my shit in front of your face as quick as I can. Why do I know that? Pretty much like that one when, when I haven't had a drink. So when I'm like that, when, when I had a drink, I'm a fucking million times worse than that, right? Now, what's happening for you? I don't know, but it's unlikely that the more and more you drink, the more the the the, the closer you're gonna come to me. You I I was operating in states of semi-blackout most of the time. How can that be connected to somebody, right? right. So so it's bullshit. So your friend, when he's out with all you guys drinking, if you if there's not someone amongst you that isn't drinking as much as everybody else. And I know culture is different. When I used to go out in South Wales, mm. I was out with like 10 guys. There's around a round of 10. That means they're going to drink 10 pints. They could even drink 20 if we're out all day. Like mm. that, that's what I'm talking like. How am I going to enjoy that conversation being the person drinking Coke when the other 10 people are drinking alcohol, which is distancing themselves from me, it, it ain't going to happen. You're going to feel so uncomfortable, but you're not feeling uncomfortable because you're the non-drinker. You're feeling uncomfortable because all of a sudden you realize this is fucking boring. Hmm. And when you feel bored, hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a red light. It's like there's something really wrong right now. There's something really wrong in my life right now. If I'm bored right now, there's something really wrong. Either my wife is boring, my husband is boring, my friends are boring, my environment where I live is boring, my house is boring, my job is boring, my entire life is boring. There'll be something like that that is boring in this instance, our friends. And how confronting is that? Holy shit. We might tick all the boxes yeah Like when I was drinking, my wife is boring, my kid is boring. Well how can a kid be boring? Well, when a 46 year old is like interacting with a four-year-old at a times when you're gonna get bored because the in, you know, being intellectually stimulated, yeah, of course, right? My environment is boring because um, there's no growth. The pub is boring. My friends are boring because they're all lo- they're all in the charm. They're all locked in this state of no internal growth, no internal conflict, no desire to kind of like learn or go or think about anything differently. So all of a sudden it's like, fucking hell. Hmm. Do you know how difficult it is to just like, let your friends go, let your wife go, let your kids go, let your let, move home, emigrate, leave your job nobody wants to do that shit so you drink because if you drink you don't have to fucking deal with it it's what gay hendrix calls an upper limit problem it's got a ceiling and just above that ceiling is this fucking amazing life there's a beautiful woman out there for me who's going to fucking really take me to the next level there's a beautiful home for me where, where it's, it's, it's cheaper, uh, but it's beautiful, and it's safe, and it's secure. There's a wonderful job that I don't even know exists with skills and talents I don't even know I have. I have a group of friends who are amazing. They're going to love me, support me. They're going to take me to the next level, right? All that is just above that line. But to get there, i got to ditch everything I've got right now. Put the brake on. I ain't doing any of that shit. So you self-sabotage yourself. You'll drink, mm. you'll do some Coke. You'll have a fight with someone you love, whatever. Whatever it is, you'll get sick. You'll injure yourself. You do whatever it takes to make sure you don't have to deal with that shit because it's just too scary to have all that love and that joy and that wonderful creamy stuff uh, that's up there in that cloud, right? Mm. So this is why we get people who are going out and they're just saying, fuck it, um, I'm the only one not drinking. I'm not doing that. I'm going to drink right i mean that's like a a big deeper expansive look at it Mm -hmm. but that's that's what's going on all over the world you know yeah yeah
0: yeah this this you're talking about the ceiling and just above it
1: so well and you know what happens when you get above that ceiling there's another one and then there's another one Right. You've got a ceiling. I've got a ceiling. Orpheus has got a ceiling. Right. David Beckham has a ceiling. The Spice <laughs> Girls have a ceiling. <laughs> Queen has a ceiling. Because mm. because we could just keep going. Yeah. But at some point, would I too comfortable, or were too, uh, or were too stuck, or were too afraid. Right. Mm-hmm. But we all have a ceiling. Like one thousand days sober. Our job is to f- identify what that is. And a lot of times you need people to help you out, like because, again, if we live in a world that lacks transparency, mm-hmm. and we we kid ourselves and keep ourselves small, and say things like, uh, "Yeah, you know, the reason my relationship isn't working is because a twat," <laughs> and your friends around you go, "Yeah, I can see that. I can see how he's a twat." Like, how many people are going to go, oh, actually, um, Lee, <clears throat> don't know how to break this to you, uh, but I can see that you're a bit of a twat as well sometimes. Actually, I can see being in a relationship with you, you'd be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> actually, I've seen the way that you behave with Pete sometimes, and I thought to myself, whoa, what the fuck? I just want to give you that feedback. Like, who the fuck does that? Yeah. Yeah. The, those with courage. Courageous conversations, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and that's the kind of space that, like you're talking about uh, uh, with your program, you know, the community, having a community. And I, I, I've noticed that like more and more, even if it's just a few people, as long as those few people are in my life. Like, I know that I'm like unstoppable in a way. Mm. Mm. And, um, you know, and, and for me, it was translated through, oh, I just happened to be wearing the shirt. <laughs> um, it's cool how that works. Um, we talked about, you know, boxing and Muhammad Ali and how do, how do you have that confidence going in the ring, right? And you're going to get beaten, that kind of stuff, but what, what does it take to keep going and to see yourself? to see your value. You know, I know I, 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 I loved how, I love how many times uh, in your, when you shared your story, I love how you use the word value and you were like, I didn't see any value in that. And, you know, when people like you were saying, uh, you know, in life, you will get bored, you'll get bored, but it's, it's that, it's that, turning it's that i'm going to make that change that you know and and that's the other thing i was going to say i really admire about um at least from what i from what i gather about you is your commitment you've made a decision and you're sticking to it mm. you know so that's yeah. conviction and uh and that's 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 awesome you know and i i in the recent years i i see the value in that uh and and, and it's it's not easy But you know, that we're, we're going past that (laughs) we're, we're going past, you know, it's like, you know, uh, I always get, I always get people reaching out to me, like, you know, Hey, what's new. And it's like, do you have time to sit down with me and hear what's new? Because I want to tell you, but you might not be that person that wants to hear you just, you just want to ask me because you're, you're falling back into, you know, that robotic programming you know and and that's yeah. why it's hard sometimes to have those conversations with certain people uh and that's why i'm not as close to those people
1: hmm. i think you make yeah. a good point when you say like um you only need a few people in your life right you hmm. might imagine how how complicated it would be <laughs> if we had 20 people in our life who are our best friends forever and they were always needing our attention to like get involved, to hang out, to have deep conversations, etc. It would blow your fucking mind. You just wouldn't have time to like talk to 20 odd people. So very often when we go through addiction and we're really worried that we're going to lose all our friends, you know, okay, that may happen. You, you won't be losing them. You'll be making a decision to upgrade. Um, you don't, you don't, you don't need to go out and find an army of them. You know what I mean? Like, it it doesn't, it doesn't have to work like that. You you only need a few, you don't need a few people around you, you know, to, uh, if you need more than that, like, I would be like, seriously, what's going on here? (laughs) You know, what's going on? Why do I need 20 people? Right. So like, yeah, just one or two friends and it is, it is really confronting and it is really difficult and very vulnerable as an adult to, you know, go up to another guy in a like I did once go to go to another guy in a health food store and go, Hey, how's it going? And he's talking to me. I'm like, I really like you. Do you want to change numbers? Like, and he's like, Yeah, sure. And then we became friends. I mean, that is like scary shit, right? Like, you're not in a school playground anymore. Like, yeah. is he is he there thinking, <laughs> What is this guy trying to trying to kind of pick me up? Like, what's going on? You know, like
0: right.
1: but you just have to try and do these things, you mm-hmm. know, like experimenting. It's like what we said with Harry, right? It's like Harry wants to experiment. Then when you stop drinking alcohol and the fog lifts, you know, all of a sudden you're like, okay, I want to experiment about life a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, and I did, I did, by the way, when I said it's really difficult to lose your wife, lose your, lose your kid, lose your environment. I, I lost everything. Like every everything changed. So I got divorced after a... Uh, twenty year relationship. I left a twenty year career. Um, obviously, I didn't get to see my son that much because he stayed with his mom. I um, traveled around the world, like um, um, interviewing poker players and writing about poker, by building 1000 days sober. And then I finally fell in love, had another child and moved to a different country. that mm-hmm. that that's like changing every aspect of your life. But if you would have told me that I would do all that whilst I was in my first life, I would never have believed that that would have even been possible. Hmm. My ceiling would have been so low. I would never have believed my capability to do that. And and because of that, I know that if everything falls apart right now, that it will hurt. I'll suffer. It'll be painful. And then I'll just get on with life. Right. Yeah. Like some people might think, Oh, that's a bit, it's a bit harsh, (laughs) but I would like, I, I honestly believe that if my wife wanted to leave me tomorrow, she would find somebody on this planet who is better suited to her than I am. Mm. I, 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 I believe that. And she would just keep getting better and better models. (laughs) Like I really do because there's 7.8 billion people in the world. Why would I be the one for her?
0: Hmm.
1: We're not soulmates. Like, you know, we, Mm -hmm. we are attracted to each other because of a myriad of different reasons, but our souls weren't attracted to each other and we're going to be with each other forever and ever. Oh man. I don't think that's the way life works. I really don't. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's great. I was like, do I, do I do the traditional, you know, uh, podcasting and ask you to tell your story? And I love it. How, how you, you, you right away shifted gears and, and, and this is great. You know, I appreciate, I appreciate, I um, appreciate you, you know, uh, being open and, and just, uh, you know, talking about, you know, taking things in a different direction. Cause I was like, I don't know if he wants to just tell his story.
1: <laughs> well, then, then um, I so. can't, then I can't tell anyone to listen to podcasts cause they'd be like, Oh, there's Lee talking about his story, <laughs> the story again um and like yeah story story gives you like like someone's listening to this and they want to start drinking alcohol or they just want to live a conscious life Mm. the story Mm. will be inspirational but that's just Mm. like part of the the uh the the, uh the soup what is jack canfield say the chicken soup for the soul i'm vegan so the mushroom soup for the soul right like you know inspiration is only part of it you know then you know you've you've got to have a you got to look at life like a video game Right. So like um, there's this fantastic book called Reality is Broken by Jay McGonagall. And she reminds you that uh, all the great video games, they um, first and foremost, you have to voluntarily participate in the game. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you're stuck in the matrix, are you voluntarily participating in a game? Think of Neo in the movie, The Matrix, right? Was he was he voluntary participating in the game? He was in the wrong fucking game. Yeah. Right. That that's what happens when we have no internal conflict. We have no internal growth. There's this is uh, a Polish uh, psychotherapist um, called Krasimir Dabrowski, and uh, he created this theory on mental health called positive disintegration. So I can't remember how many levels are. Maybe there's five levels of growth, mental growth. Now the first level is uni level right? This is where we have no internal growth. We have no internal conflict. We have no internal drive to do anything other than what we're doing. And we receive our direction and our instructions and our goal and our purpose from external sources. My mom says, I got to do this. I got to do it. My boss said, I got to do this. I got to do it. My friends are doing this. I got to do it. Uh, that's what they call unilevel one. Unilevel two. So it's unilevel because we're not going anywhere. Unilevel two is when we start to go, oh, maybe maybe I shouldn't drink alcohol. Maybe there's a reason why I'm feeling really shit. Why, Why am I feeling so lonely? Why do I cry myself to sleep every night? So we're asking the questions, but we're not answering them. So we just keep going around in a loop. And then we start to have light bulb moments where, oh, I'm going to stop drinking for 30 days. Right? Like, If I stopped drinking, what would happen? So I stopped to see what happens. And then I realized, fuck, this is really hard. Well, it's not hard to stop drinking celery juice. So what's going on here? I thought that I didn't have a problem with alcohol and everything was groovy. Why have I got a problem trying to stop it when I wouldn't have a problem stopping celery juice? So those questions. So you go up to level one. Eventually, when you get to level five, you're like Dalai Lama or whatever, right? Mm. You know? But it's really important to kind of like understand where you are on that kind of axis. When you're, when you're in uni level, you're not voluntarily participating. You don't know what the fuck's going on. You don't even know you're in the game. You're not choosing to do anything. So like I, I didn't choose to drink alcohol. I didn't make a conscious choice to drink alcohol because I drank alcohol when I was 14 for the first time. How the heck can I make a conscious choice to drink alcohol when I'm 14? I don't know. I'm going to be addicted to it 20 years later. No one told me that part of the story. Right? So Mm -hmm. Voluntary to participation. So if you want to, if you want to have a great life, a great game of life, you need a voluntary participate in it. Mm-hmm. So when people come to me and they're like, um, "I want to see what the sobriety thing's all about, but I really fucking love drinking. Uh, I, I, if I could have my own way, I would like, I would just drink moderately." Then they're not voluntary participating because they really want to, they really want to drink, but they're forced to be here. So that's going to be a problem, right? Um, Second thing is you need a good feedback system. So if you're stuck in that uni level and you've got no internal growth and you're just going with the flow, uh, very often we're in that state because our flow is toxic. So our feedback system, our mentors, our teachers, our parents, our uncles, our grandmas, our friends, our employees, very often they're toxic. Very often they have got no internal growth. Very often they're in the union level as well. So you're not going to get a feedback system. What we were talking about earlier on, the person who's going to have that courageous conversation with you, the person who's going to tell you to read this book, the person who's going to tell you to take that course, the person who's going to give you the advice is going to change your life. Right? So you need a feedback system. All great games have great feedback system. Then you need a goal. What is it I'm aiming for? What is I'm shooting for? Every great game has a goal right? Like what is the goal? Tetris has a goal, right? We need to like get these blocks and they need to fit in. That's the goal. Okay. And then there's rules. We need rules that produce constraints. Now we often look at constraints and think to ourselves, constraints are a really bad thing. Let's flip that and look at constraints as a wonderful opportunity to grow. Oh, this wall's in my way. How do I get around this wall? This, uh, this woman just divorced me and she won't let me see my child and I'm feeling really anger towards us now. Oh, that's a constraint. How do we get around this so I don't feel anger anymore? Right? I'm drinking alcohol and every time I try to stop, I'm going to the pub. The pub is a constraint. How do I remove or deal or mitigate the problems that arise from that constraint? So Games are exciting, right? Like I have this constraint. It's an unnecessary obstacle. The only reason it's there in the game is because it gives us a problem. And then we need to get around the problem. It's like the archetypal hero's journey by Joseph Campbell. Any hero's journey, any movie or story you read, is a series of unnecessary obstacles that the writers put in the way that creates tension, which gets you like, what is the hero going to do this? What does the hero do to get over the obstacle? He gets a tribe of people to help him, which is your feedback system, right? So, so we have rules like we have daily practice, right? Like if the goal is to live a conscious life, then we're gonna have to have daily practice. We have rules. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a meditator. I'm gonna be a yoga practitioner. I'm going to have a mentor every moment of my life. I, I'm going to journal. Uh, I'm going to create a podcast. I'm going to create a company that serves others. I'm going to always be on a training course. Like these are rules. These are your morals, your ethics, your values. And your feedback system will allow you to know if you're on point with those. And you'll know if you're on point with them because you'll be feeling it. You'll be emitting a certain kind of energy. You'll be getting into states of flow better, which is why games are really cool. Now, here's a really important thing, right? Talked about Tetris earlier on. Tetris is a, an infinite game, right? It just goes on and on and on and on. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's so amazing because there's no end to it. Now imagine if you say to yourself, my goal is to be someone that doesn't drink alcohol. We go to 1000 days sober and we help you be someone that doesn't drink alcohol. Now you've achieved your goal. Well, the game's ended. What now? Mm -hmm. What now? What if you just suddenly go back to your life, you haven't drank alcohol, you don't drink anymore, Lee's cured you of that. I don't drink, but my wife's boring, my kids are boring, my home is boring, my environment boring, my culture is boring, my job is boring. How long is it going to be before you start drinking again? How long is it going to be before resistance tells you that the chaos you had before was life and that what you have now is dead, Right? So what if you change the goal and say to yourself, the goal is to be a conscious human being. Well, that's finite. Sorry. Infinite. <laughs> Can we get this right the right way. Right. Right. Because by the time I die, I'm still going to be growing. Right. By the time I pop my clogs, I'm still going to be growing. It's, there's going to be no end to it. So like choosing like an, and uh, finite versus an infinite goal, I think, is like a really important part of it as well. You know, and it's something that we put into the Strive Method for Addiction, because I think that we need to have fun. We need to tap into our creative energy. Creativity is always going to elevate you above your depression, your stress, your anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and these these constraints that we have what is like the biggest internal constraint most of us have is dealing with our emotions or not reacting to our emotions. Well, what if our emotions were our superpowers? Do you know, Mm -hmm. like Mario has a superpower and all of a sudden he grows bigger or Sonic grows faster. Uh What if instead of saying, I really, I really hate fear. I drink because I'm afraid that we go, well, actually fear is intuition. Like just paying more attention right now to what's going on, that's fear, mm. right? But we don't look at it like that. We think fear is, oh, fucking hell, horror movie, ah! Huh? Right, or oh, I'm afraid of change. Yeah. But fear really is intuition. It's like pain, it's do need to pay attention. You know what I mean? To be okay with the silence and the stillness. So you can practice fear and you can bring it on and you can feel it, and you can really get yourself by visualizing to become afraid and to let it do its thing and be like, okay, so actually, when I get lost in my intellect, when I get lost in my thinking, when Lee's talking to me about alcoholism being an invisible, violent, and dominant belief system, and he's really rational, and he's in his intellect, hmm. sometimes I'm going to need my emotions to help me out here because I'm lost in thought. Right? Sometimes I'm going to need I'm gonna lean on my emotional intelligence. Sometimes I'm just gonna to have to be intuitive, right? Should I have this guest on my podcast or not? Well, we can do like a uh, uh, a pluses and minus chart, pros and cons, log- logic, or we can go with our gut. Uh, yeah, right? Because we, our intuition, our energy, our emotion is a different way of making decisions than rationality and intellect but we're not we're not Mm. culturally pushed towards emotion think about the poor women in the world Mm. right oh she's just too emotional Mm. well well, how is she gonna feel well i can't be too emotional because that's not allowed it for a woman Right. Well, she's missing a superpower. She's not able to be her full powerful self. Like culture, culture has a lot to answer for in like all of these things, you know. And they all, they all meet really to this apex of not living consciously, just being completely absorbed, like just lost in this fucking matrix.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. A lot of, a lot of great stuff in in that. You know that Pixar the movie Soul.
1: Yeah, I watched it uh, a couple of weeks ago, my family, yeah.
0: Before yesterday, I had some issues with it, but I only saw it once. Hmm. And I, I liked it, but I felt like I wanted I wanted more. But then yesterday, I watched some, some people talking about it and what the meaning behind that film was. Every Sunday, my family gets together on Zoom, ever since we've been in the pandemic. Yeah. We get on Zoom, and it's become a ritual, to do a check-in with each other. Yeah. And then my sister started something called the hot seat where sh- we draw a name out of, out of, you know, whatever hat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and we get to fire off questions, not fire, but we get to ask questions uh, that we always wanted to know, or maybe we just thought of and no one's ever turned down a question, but we, you know, there's been some amazing stuff that's come out of it. Hmm. And on Sunday, my mom shared, my mom is a very strong person, a beautiful person, but it's your mom. So there's always like certain vulnerabilities. Like, do you say that? Uh, is it okay? The things that my mom shared with us, it really, it really put a perspective. Cause I used to think of this, uh, like when I'm coaching, I always think of that, uh, you know, what is your purpose? But then through what happened on Sunday to yesterday watching these videos on soul, I was like, because a lot of what you're talking about, I feel like there's, there's a connection here on just living life to the fullest, but being conscious, being aware, and, and being present. But being, being in a, I guess I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> I'm still yeah. figuring it out, but it's really been I, like last night. I didn't, I didn't sleep till late because I was writing just my thoughts. You know, I was just like putting it out there, uh, just in a Google doc. And I was trying to figure it out because for the first time in my life, I'm not thinking about so much the things that I'm afraid of um, the things that I tried to control at one point, my identity, all these things that I, for a long time, I struggled with for such a long time. I was, I always felt like I was chasing. I was, I was always fighting something and I'm a fighter, <laughs> but, mm. but in that sense of never feeling calm and just enjoying enjoying like like i enjoy life but i i never i don't think i fully because i was always chasing something chasing money chasing a person um Mm. but thinking about that movie soul and just that life is about just the meaning is to live
1: yeah and the like in in, what are you doing in the moment you know I mean, what you said about the hot CBA family. I mean that that's amazing. Like, very that's amazing. You know, like yeah. I just made a note: do the same thing. Like, yeah. Me and my family are so disconnected, so that would be mm. a great way of us getting on together. Because I I don't invariably like getting together with everybody because everybody just has matrix style conversations. Like, and you know, very often a lot of my family will show up drunk, which means mm. you. And I don't like that because now I'm like, okay, you're robbing me of my connection. And that's the whole point of us being here. It's not to see it. It's not to tick a box. It does become like that for me. Yeah. Like I need to see my mom to tick this box. I don't, I don't want it to be like that. So I'll definitely look at that hot seat. Uh, Soul for me, um, yeah. yeah, it was like, I would have to watch it again. But my initial thoughts on it was, uh, oh yeah, like, Life is just finding the beauty in a fallen leaf. Hmm. So, so today, for example, like it's uh, three o'clock right now, right. In, in LA, when we finish, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to make a smoothie. And then I've got a little bit of time before I become a dad. Right. Hmm. And I've been in a bit of a scarcity funk last cut, last, last week. Right. Like I've been battling this, this, uh, this part of me that's trying to drag me below the line. Um, And whenever I get into a scarcity funk, I get into a time funk. So then I'm kind of like, oh, I ain't got enough time. I ain't got enough time, which then takes me away from the soul. And the point of the movie is like, just what? Lee, what if today your win and your purpose to be on this earth was to have a conversation with Pete, which was going to just change somebody's life? What if that was it? Is that enough? do I need to cram more in? Like what is, what is enough? What is good enough? What is like, what does it all mean? So there needs to be a, uh, for me, a, a switch, a flipping of the switch of uh, you always have enough time. Um, and the big one for me is that results don't take time. It takes courage. So how can I be more courageous now in order for me to um, get my shit done? You know? So like, if I really want to spend more time with my kids, if I really want to spend more time with my wife, then that's less time doing work stuff. Okay. So what's the trade-off here? Do you let your work stuff deteriorate or do you work a bit smarter in that area to get other people to do things that you uh, would otherwise do in order for you to spend more time with your family. Of course, courage comes into it because it's a it's, it feels a courageous thing for me to spend more time with my four-year-old. Some people listening to that might think that's fucking crazy. Why wouldn't you want to spend more time with your kids? Because I get really drawn more to my meaning and purpose around my work. I just do. And I think that's an element of being a man and building my kingdom and not being, um, not being satisfied that it's built yet. So, so, so I have to say to myself, Lee, you need to find a way of having fun and love and being present And really switching the way you think. And and to me, it's, it's all around time. It's all around time, which I think if you look at soul, that's, that's in, that's stitched into the fabric of the story as well, Mm -hmm. because he's, he's like, he, he needs to be, he needs to be different than he is. And he thinks he's going to run out of time to be that person that he is. Like, you know what I mean? Like he wants to be this ace musician. And then in the end, it's like, you know, you don't need to be a musician. It just, your drive to be the musician means you're bypassing life, right? Like my drive to grow 1000 days sober may mean that I'm bypassing life. What does that mean? Well, I got a 20 year old kid. I remember when he was four yesterday, I have a four year old now. She'll be 20 tomorrow. Do I want to bypass that? Like, you know, I don't know what the answers are, but. We're asking the questions though. And we're, th- we're thinking yeah. about it, right? Like, that's yeah. the thing. We're, aw- we're aware of, yeah. oh, I don't always feel very comfortable um, being with my children. And uh, I'm aware of that. And uh, I can choose to do something about that or not. But I'm not hiding the fact that, that those feelings exist. Yeah. And I have those courageous conversations with my wife. Because it is courageous because your wife could turn around and go, wow, this guy's a heartless bastard. Let's, uh, let's kick him out go find someone else. But I think, and I think you would have had these conversations with Orpheus, you know, it's like um, for me thinking those things is normal. Like all the so-called freak freaky fucked up shit that goes around in my head that I used to think was freaky fucked up shit is just normal. Everybody has their own, version of freak everybody and you know just let that freak flag fly right like yeah just boom and that that's a gift people hopefully someone's listening to this now going oh wow i'm (laughs) going to start talking about these i'm going to do a hot seat with my family right that would be a major game imagine if all the families in the world had a hot seat
0: yeah
1: what a difference that would make i'm glad you brought that one to me pete
0: Mm. Thank you, for, thank you for
1: recognizing
0: it. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes we do things and if we don't share it with somebody, we don't know, we don't see the value in it. I mean, like I see the value with my family, but I was just thinking the other day, I was like, I wish more people did that. I wish more people, I wish I talked
1: more about it. <laughs> so thank you, yeah, thank you, well, thank you, Lee. <laughs> well, you're, what you're doing, you're, you're creating a platform to, to turn assumptions into reality. Mm. Like part of the problem in the world right now is we all do it is we assume so much, well, let's start, let's start finding out what reality is.
0: Mm.
1: Like I, I, I assume that my dad doesn't have a loving bone in his body. Well, let's ask him.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's ask him what love is like for him. And whilst it, and then I can share with him how it feels to receive or not receive his vision of love, but mm. I don't know until I ask him, right? Yeah. You know, I I'm picking up an emotional attunement that my wife is really angry with me today. Mm. Okay, well, if you run with that assumption, what's your life going to look like for the rest of the day? Versus asking, hey, see you're a little bit funky at the moment, and I'm actually making myself feel responsible. And I wanted to check in with you if there was any truth around that. No, it's got nothing to do with you. I just, you know, stubbed my toe. I don't fucking know. Assumptions will fuck you up like big time.
0: Learning a lot about that one in, in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's been good. Was there anything that you wanted to specifically tackle about uh, that you wanted to share uh, for the regarding the program that, that we, that we haven't touched on specifically. And then are you, are you okay if we do the five questions with you? I do, I do, I do five random questions with my guests. Yeah.
1: Um, Okay. So on the, like, so what, if you want to learn more about the work that I do, then just get over to www.1000daysober.com. Right. Um, We are, we currently have a, an addiction course called the stride method for addiction it's heavily geared towards alcohol, but we have people on there as well who are trying to give up smoking. Uh, weed is another one that's come up quite often. Mm. Um, and so yeah, check that out. It's like six months long. Uh, we're always got um, workshops and uh, Facebook groups that we run for free to give you a flavor of that before you can you know take the leap. We also have a relationship course called uh, Connection, Cultivating Conscious Relationships. Uh, same thing. We'll always run in like private Facebook groups, 12 day challenge, giving you some real good, solid content for nothing. And then you're like, yeah, okay, I trust this guy, he knows what he's talking about. Oh, he's full <laughs> of shit, whatever. Right. <laughs> we also have a, a subscription service as well. So just get over there and, and, and you'll figure it out. Just get to the website and you'll figure it out. Um, yeah, that's, that's all really. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, everyone definitely support Lee. Uh, he's doing amazing things. Um, in his, uh, I, I'm just speaking from my own, uh, what I see, yeah. uh, what I've, what I've, uh, w- uh witnessed myself uh, and, and, uh, uh, in the little research that I did, <laughs> he's a courageous person. And, uh, I, 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 I'm fascinated by the choices that you've made. In your life, to be the person that you that you want to be, to live in the life that you want to be, and to me, uh, I, I you know that's nothing but respect for that because those are the kind of spaces that I find myself always, you know. So when I meet somebody who is doing it, um, I want nothing but to support and 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 you know because because you know it's it's easy to have a little a little doubt. And if you're not, if you don't have that support system, if you don't have that training, uh, the ritual to keep you going, uh, you know, your fans, uh, it's, it can be, it can, it can pull us down. So I just, Mm -hmm. I just want to put that out there, whatever goal, whether it's 1 million or, uh, like somebody said 1 million plus, (laughs) and one, I think it was, or something like that, whatever it is, your, your goal is, uh, I know, I know it's going to happen. Um, it's just uh, so everyone, if you're listening to this, uh, check out, check out Lee Davy. check out 1000 Days of Sober, um, support what he's doing and uh, learn, learn from, learn from his team. So thank
1: you. Thank you, Pete. I'll receive that.
0: All right. Five questions. You ready?
1: Yeah. Give them to me.
0: What do you like to do for fun?
1: What do I like to do for fun? Work.
0: All right. <laughs> do you have specific if you're willing to share specific rituals
1: of your own. I'll share one. Um, Before I go to bed every night, I read for an hour. I read six books, 10 minutes each. And I make notes in my notepad, what I learned today. And then I turn that into a training video.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you for, wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's, That's, wow, that's amazing. That's very personal. Thank you. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) What advice would you give your, should we say 20 year old? I don't know. What's a good age. (laughs) What advice would you give your, your 20 year old self?
1: You're telling yourself that you want and deserve to be special someday. But you kind of got it a little bit wrong. You'll get there, but it's not about being special because everybody's special. The feeling you're having right now is this understand is this vague understanding that you have what it takes to bash through every fucking barrier that will come your way. But it doesn't mean you're special, but that's what you're feeling.
0: Thank you. Okay, two more. <laughs> uh-huh. I was hesitant to ask, but because because of something, uh, inspiration I got from my mom on Sunday. So can you share with us, it doesn't matter what, will, will you share with us a, a memory that pops up in your mind that made up impact on you
1: in your own words, just the memory. I guess the first memory is, um, I had a physical fight with my ex-wife where I I felt I needed to physically throw her out of the house. Otherwise, I I was worried that I would physically hurt her. I was worried that I would... I'd never hit a woman in my life, but this has got to the point where I, I was worried that I would hit her or something because... I was driven to such frustration. And I remember even though I'm stronger than her and more powerful than her because I'm the man, right? It was such a, an intense struggle to get her out of the house. And then once I got her out and I locked the door, the, the feeling of shame was incredible. Mm. Um, and that was the day I decided I'm never going to drink alcohol again.
0: Mm. Wow! Thank you for sharing that. No worries.
1: Hmm. That was a turning point. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm done. Like my son was in bed. What would he, what would he, have, what would I, would I explain that one? Like you know, like yeah, mm. yeah, I was done, and I, ne- I never drank again. You know, Aladdin, the genie? (laughs) Yeah, with a wish.
0: If you get the lamp and you rub it, you get three wishes, what would it be?
1: That my children have adversity in life and challenge, but they avoid avoid the really bad end of that. Mm. So I have a daughter, one in three women are victims of sexual abuse and rape. I do not want that to happen but do I want it to have the occasional fight and be fired and uh, all the Yeah. All, all Life doles out some bad, bad things to you, but I just, I want them to, I want them to run and fall and scratch their knee, but I don't want them to fall out of a tree. <laughs> all right. That's both of them. Um, so that's one. Um, the other wish is that 1000 days sober grows to be a, a, um, a community that reaches over a million people and i think my third wish would be that i i became a world class communicator and that i was able to kill my ego so i could have a i could really go to the to the far reaches of my eroticism and intimacy with my wife which is currently blocked by my um, inability to kill my ego and my dips below the line in my communication. I really believe that communication is key. If I can, if I could somehow program myself to stop needing to be right when I need to be wrong, then I would be okay. So that, that would be the three, I think. Mm. Wow. I can resonate with that one.
0: (laughs) 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 learning all of oh boy we'll have to have a conversation about that
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: um thank you lee thank you for taking the time out of your day
1: to spend it with with me the listeners um yeah i loved it i'm glad somebody i hope somebody got something out of it you know and that's what it's all about right just like someone gets one thing out of like 60 minutes it'd it'd be great yeah it'd be great exactly yeah
0: all right well We'll, we'll we'll have to do this again in the in the near future whenever yeah. um but I, I appreciate i appreciate who you are what you do and i'm so glad that you reached out to me um i feel like the universe i always feel like the universe lately uh the last uh, since we've been into in the pandemic and my life's changed <laughs> from la to back to minnesota and I just listen to the universe to, to show me the way, because sometimes yeah,
1: I, showing you the signs, right?
0: Yeah. So yeah. so you enjoy your walk. you enjoy I the, will. You enjoy that smoothie, make it make it you know uh, nourish you, uh, satiate I you. And uh, thank you, brother, and i uh, definitely want to continue having conversations with you uh, regarding lots of things under the sun. Okay, I'm going to close <laughs> off with my three things. <laughs> All right do it. All right. Thanks. Thanks Lee Davey. Uh, Take care. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. You are loved. You are worthy. You are enough. Blessings to all of you. Thanks everyone. All right, Lee, take care. We'll catch you later. Okay. See you later, Pete. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. And remember you are loved. You are enough and you are worthy. Blessings to all of you.